And moving over to weather. Sony predicts no clouds anytime soon here at 7 p.m. in the Triangle Square News Network. Hello Welcome to welcome TSN, Triangle Squared News, News Network, TSNN. TSNN. Uh, this is why when we do those cold openings and Saul just rambles on, I actually think I, I liked it more, Saul. You know what? Well, that I, may not have been what we incredibly planned. No, but I was like, it'd be kind of funny for like a news anchor saying in there or something. And you know, this ties all the way back to early episodes when I said like the first test episode we did where I was like, Saul, you sound like you're speaking on a news network. There you go. Now you're, you have found your calling. You will be I found my news network. You will be the, the, um, <laughs> why can I not remember the meteorologist? Yeah. You'll be the head meteorologist for the TSNN. My name um, even works down for, or works for PSN meteorologist, mm-hmm. meteoric demise. There you go. See, you figured you have finally found your calling. That's my rap name. <laughs> really? Really. Meteorologist, Me- Meteoric Demise? Yeah, it's a big old rap name. Brett, yeah. tell them who we are, though, and tell them why this episode's going to be weird. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, if this is your first time joining us, we are Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. You can find us. And I guess actually we've already kind of dealt with uh, alongside me, uh, Saul oh, yeah, Bridges. Saul Bridges. <laughs> Lucky episode 98, 97. 98. 98. That's what I thought. <clears throat> Yep. Uh, anyway, yeah. if you are joining us for your first time, you can normally find us on YouTube and video format on Mondays at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST. If you like what we're doing there, subscribe, hit the bell notification, let you know when these videos go live, like we said, every Monday and every other Friday with our reader mails as we are doing. Uh, and then anything else that we do extra will, of course, come up just naturally. Uh, if you like what we're talking about, or if you have any thoughts of your own, leave them out in the comments below. We like hearing them and seeing them. Um, Definitely, it's funny that we're talking about clouds this episode because most recently, uh, I can't remember the name of the user, but we had a um, uh, a YouTuber who commented about the fact that he does not want streaming and gaming. So uh, it kind of works out that we're going to be talking about that. Um, if you want to listen to us only in audio format and don't want to see our ugly mugs, you can do so on podcast services, be it on PC iPhone, Android, doesn't matter. You can find us on iTunes. If you do, consider giving us a review, letting us know what you think of the show. Main reason is that it just helps get the show up there and helps people find us a little more naturally. And of course, it does let us know what you like about the show and what you don't like so that we can take those things into account as we move forward with the show. Uh, If you want to listen to us on Android, you can, of course, do so with Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict. We've recently recently added to Stitcher and TuneIn, a few couple of things. Uh, Like we said, if there's any that you find that we are not on send them to us we'll figure that out we are on spotify if you have spotify want to find us there uh you can find us on social media where we put our tweet our post up be it on twitter or our facebook uh on twitter you can find us at triangle sqrd as our handle and on facebook you can find us at triangle squared a playstation podcast but you will not see saul there as he does not have a facebook sure don't uh, if you want to support the show and like what we are doing and you find value in it and you would like to uh, you know, give that value or the value that you find in it, you can do so on Patreon. We have the link in the description down below. And, of course, if you want to join our day-to-day, moment-to-moment, which I've been a little absent from and Saul has too for different reasons, mainly I think busyness and sickness kind of just all together because I've been a little sick as well. I've been sick and busy, um, yeah. But we've not been on Discord as much as usual, but you can normally find us on Discord pretty uh, commonly along with the rest of the community on there. Uh, so join up in that. That description is in the link below as well. Uh, with that said, I think we are good to move on into what we have been playing this week. Um, 
it's a short week, so I guess right before we do that, I will say that we're going to record early. Uh, this is Thursday. Two days. Excuse me. Two full days before we normally record, uh, on yeah, average. I have to go out of town this weekend, so I will not be in town Saturday. And so that we make sure, because uh, I will be coming back on Sunday, but it's a long drive, six-hour drive. Uh, and just to make sure that nothing happens where we can't get the episode out, I wanted to record early just to be sure. Um so with that said, um, you know, there's going to be some things we miss in news. There's going to be, it, it's just going to be a slightly weird episode. Uh, and we're going to kind of let things go and just get the episode out as it is. So if it's shorter than usual, we apologize. Uh, but we're doing our best to give you a show every week like we always promise. So saw what you've been playing. Come on. I have been playing Kingdom Hearts 3, obviously. I beat that yesterday, so Wednesday. I'm proud of you. Yep, I had a real good time. I think that if we if I stew on it a little bit more and... Uh, get a like a fully grasped opinion on it. I think that <clears throat> we might be able to do an impressions episode soon. Maybe, yeah, possibly. I would really like that. I miss doing the impressions episode. Yeah, I do too. Mainly because on a game like this, there's so much to talk about in the the spoiler section. So it's, it's going to be about ten minutes of normal talk. Then the rest is going to be spoilers. I'm just going to tell y'all how it's going to be. Yeah, with a game like Kingdom Hearts three, I don't think it's unfair of us to say. When it's something of a long series like that, and it ties directly in with the previous ones, I mean, we may get a little bit more than 10 minutes, but Saul's basic point is with a game like that, um, it's really hard to do impressions. And then the way we like to do our impressions, where we talk about the game in a completely spoiler-free aspect, things we did and didn't like about it, and then we move into the latter half of the episode, or you know, the latter part of the episode, where we go completely into spoiler talk. In a game like Kingdom Hearts 3, there's going hard. to be so much to unpack from a, a spoiler perspective. And I'm so excited to talk about my feelings on that game in a way I am too. that I can get them out where no worry about spoiling anything for anybody because of the, you know, we, we always give our time and say spoiler wall now, 10 seconds, uh, turn away, come back later. Um, I'm so excited to do it. I spoiler of my opinion of the game. I loved it, uh, but I do want to get into other things because it's not, no game is perfect. Um, so That'll be something that we hopefully get to do sometime next week. Yeah, something like that, maybe. Um, just schedules are not going to line up for it other than that. But, you know, I think it'd be a fun thing to talk about. So uh, anything else, though, Saul? Uh, really, I, I played one game of that new Apex. Yeah. Uh, is that what it's called? Apex? Apex, or Apex? Legends? Legends. That's yeah. right. I keep on calling it Apex Predator for some reason. But, yeah, Apex. <laughs> a crocodile? A crocodile. crocodile doll. But Oh, uh, my God. That's what we're going to do. Apex Predator Battle Royale. But it's going to be a bunch of crocodiles. Swamp animals. Yep. A hundred. Or swamp amphibians. A hundred crocodiles are just going to come down onto a map. Do we want to make them anthropomorphic? No, we don't. Or just want to make it to where you play as an alligator or a crocodile and you just move around and bite each other strategically. This is going to sound like a dumb... Uh, it sounds like a better thing in my head than I know it will be mechanically. <laughs> I said it. Okay. Reptile. Yeah, you know. Biology. Oh, yeah, yeah. I said amphibian. Crocodile's a, a reptile. Yeah. I'm still trying to come off of this cold. It was the roughest cold I've ever had in my life, too. But, yeah, I played, like, one game of that. Controls are kind of weird. Uh, they do a lot, like, with the controls. Like, holding R R1, L1 to do different things. Okay. Holding up on the D-pad, right on the D-pad, left on the D-pad, I'm pretty sure. So, I haven't played yet, but I, it sounds like you're kind of confirming what I already thought from screenshots. Essentially, there's a bunch of wheels in the game, right? Yes. You hold L1, it'll really, pull a wheel that lets you do one thing. Really useful wheels, too. Yeah. It's just... It, it it's it's probably and I, I'm saying this as somebody who hasn't played a lot of it obviously with just only one round uh, even though we did get second place but um 
I think that it's it's one of those things I got to get used to because right now in my mind it's like if I just if you ask me how the controls I'm gonna say bad because it feels bad but it may be something that you just have to get used to so I can't speak so soon on them yeah and I think that's true of some games right they don't always feel immediately good to you uh, though that's one of the things I gave credit to Anthem for I was really surprised at how immediately how good fluid it all felt flying, like flying if nothing else felt yeah so uh, which is the thing I was most worried about but I guess it makes sense it's the thing that they most wanted to hit uh, but I guess okay so it's been a while obviously since we played Titanfall 2 do you feel like it doesn't control similarly to Titanfall I, I, 2 I, to outside me, of the, the wheels I've never had this thought when playing Titanfall 2 so I don't remember this being a problem yeah so I, I don't remember thinking that when I did play that game so well part of the reason I think that right is that some of our experience in terms of playing um first person shooters recently have been more geared towards things like destiny than something a little more akin to a traditional first person shooter yeah and i, I would say that like and i didn't know if that's painting your opinion in a weird way well kind of it's it has a really cool ping system so like you can actually uh i think it's it's r1 it might be l1 uh, but it's it's you basically have your crosshairs and you ping something and it's like even your characters your characters talk through everything so like and they communicate to your squad because it's not to, I can't find it if there is but I'm pretty sure you can't play solo so you play with a squad of three teammates you can actually revive in this game uh, okay. from the dead uh, which is the first battle royale I think to have done this where you can get knocked down and get revived that way okay. but if you get knocked out you don't have to watch somebody else play the entire round they can actually pick up your respawn banner and take it to a respawn pod and then you'll respawn in that you won't have any weapons you'll come into the match like it's brand new but then typically if you if you find a respawn pod close enough you can go back and get all your stuff okay. so I thought that was really if cool if nobody beats you to it essentially right yeah, as long as your teammates aren't jerks yeah because yeah. essentially what I saw is when you kill people they drop like a little chest full of their yeah. items right? very very typical battle royale when they die uh, they drop a, a, a box and then there's all their loot in that box that was another thing that I like that I didn't get a good enough feel for was like the way the menus worked when looting stuff it felt a little odd but not really bad um, so not clunky, just you're not familiar yeah, enough just, with it yet yeah, to, to it have a definitive opinion? I guess different would be the best way to describe it. It's like I, I you, you you grab everything with square, but then when your inventory runs up, you have to go through your inventory and pick which one you don't want. And okay. it feels kind of slow to me, but once again. Well, I had, okay, you played a little bit more than me, I think. Uh, I had a very similar feeling from, and this is coming from somebody who doesn't play Battle Royales at all. So that's just giving you a, uh, a kind of a frame of reference for there. Uh but I've never played PUBG and I've never played Fortnite, even though I downloaded it just to try because everybody, I mean, this has been long ago before it became like this hit thing. Um, anyway, I never ended up playing either of them. Uh, and I did end up playing Blackout with you and Sean that one night. Yeah, Blackout. Uh, felt... I, I thought Blackout's menu system felt kind of clunky for me. And that just might But be... that may be somebody who's just not used to the type of game in general. It just didn't feel. Can do. I, I don't know. Maybe you. Maybe it's a necessary evil to have that menu system, and there's yeah. a way to do it as fluid as possible. But when you're not used to those type of games, no matter what, it feels weird. It doesn't feel like what I would expect from a first person game. I do remember uh, definitely a Call of Duty. I guess what I say a traditional first person yeah. shooter, which I guess at that point it's not being traditional anyway. That's true. So. Um, but yeah, it felt. It just feels different. And I think I remember thinking something like that with Blackout, where I had to get used to that, but. I okay, just, so clear a couple things up for me, because I've seen very little. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set in the Titanfall universe, right? Yes. Are there mechs? No. Okay. It's There's no wall running. No That's double, what I was going to no say, No double too. jumping, nothing like that. Now, you can wall, like, climb. You can slide down hills. Okay. Uh, like, so if you're running and you crouch and you're going down a hill, you actually slide all the way down that hill. 
Um, I find that a little odd that they would well, put it in the Titanfall universe, but not even include, if nothing else, the whole idea of wall running and smooth. They movement. said that for a battle royale, that that adds that extra like three D layer of uh, unpredictability. So if you're chasing somebody and they run to the you know around the corner to the left, there's one or two players they can be. They can either be in a door on that wall or they're down the wall. And, and in Titanfall, they could be up the roof. They could be running across the wall at a different height than what they're running at. And they said that that kind of unpredictability doesn't work well in a Battle Royale game. Well, I actually agree with them with that. I don't know that I do. I, I think, if anything, that actually serves... This goes back to my long-running argument that I had for a long time about Call of Duty players who were mad about the, uh, the exosuit in Advanced Warfare and the ability... And this is essentially the same thing. They were mad that the game had a mechanical option in there for you to be strategic. And that means that if you're going to go in the air, uh, and, and, I mean, me and you know this. This is a big thing I didn't like about Black Ops 3 when I played the beta for it when we were coming off of Advanced Warfare. And I was like, okay, I actually enjoyed Advanced Warfare's multiplayer. I wonder if I'll do it here. And what it did is it just dumbed down the thing I actually liked. Advanced Warfare felt more tactical in the fact that it gave you more control like, of your more hands. Options to, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. To, so the thing that people got mad about the most is that once you got in the air, you could choose to boost downward back to the ground so you could get back to the ground quick uh, if you decided that once you got in the air, it probably wasn't a good idea because yeah, you were too open. Yeah, or even a ducking mechanism, basically. Exactly. You or duck. you could also use your boost to dodge to the left or the right. And I love that. It just it felt intuitive, but it also felt like I'm in full control. So anytime I die, it's because I not only was it that I made a decision to be in the air, but I also wasn't quick enough or skilled enough or thoughtful enough to to think to quickly go back down to the ground whenever I was otherwise jeopardized. Right. And I think that that's what I thought, you know, in my mind, I was like, cool. I actually, I was excited and now I'm a little bummed that in my mind, I was like, okay, Apex Legends will let me at least, I was like, maybe they won't be mechs because that makes sense, right? That, that's more of a military level thing, I would imagine. Now, I don't know what the lore around this game is, if there's any, uh, as to why this is going on. But as far as outside of that, just think about putting it in the world with general people. I was like, I could see it still having wall running, but not having mechs. And that I'll, makes sense from I'll, a scale perspective. I'll tell you this much about like why I hate Fortnite. Um, so is it the same reason as why you think that wall running shouldn't be in? Yeah, it's, it's pretty the much. The building adds that predictability. It's, it's that unpredictability. So like if I'm firing at somebody in a game of any kind, like any normal first-person game or third-person game, there's only a couple options they can do. And that's turn around and fire back. They can strafe over there to cover, strafe to the left for cover, wherever they may go. But I pretty much know all of the options. In Fortnite, they could start building weird staircases and going on these different, you know, vertical directions instead sure. of like, a, you know, the X and Y axis. They now have a Z axis. They can go up yeah. randomly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that doesn't make fun for a competitive game because then it becomes that. It becomes too many instances of the exact same thing happening, and it's a frustrating thing to happen. Well, that's why I think you've got to play this balancing game, right, as to how often you can do something, right? So when I use Advanced Warfare as my point of, like, my point of reference for these things, um, essentially you have to set something up where it's there for you to utilize it as much as possible, and that encourages people to be skillful and thoughtful in what they're doing uh, and encourages the fact that if, if nothing else, in my opinion, it just stops people from being able to blame the game for their death. Look, oh, this game's stupid, which I mean, don't be wrong. You're playing the game. You understand the mechanical limitations, yeah. but the more mechanical options that it's going to give me to do better, the more I enjoy it. Cause I feel like, at this point, when I fail, it's entirely on me because it has nothing to do with the way the game chose to be. So like, and I, you know, my example for Black Ops 3 was like, well, if you accidentally double tapped X and jumped into the air 
and didn't intend to, yeah, maybe you should have been more thoughtful and not done that, but it stuck you in the air because you had to wait until your boost died out to fall. Right. That's too much of a punishment because it doesn't give you any kind of recourse to get back down. But what you can essentially do is try and find this balance where in that particular thing, you can't do it too much, but you still have the option. So in Fortnite, you can build, but maybe limit how much you can build in a second, or you know, build in a uh, consecutively. Right. Uh, and, good players and, though don't like those limits aren't really applied to them. They can build as fast as they can, and if you're what, good you at say? building, I'm sorry. you said what players? Like com- real competitive. Oh yeah, and that's what I was saying. Now that, but that's not on the. So the problem isn't that Fortnite has the building option. It's it's the, no, it has the building option. That's the problem. It's the problem that they don't they don't regulate it enough to make it a strength but a weakness depending. Well, the whole, the whole so where you can use it to help you, but if you use it too much, of it, 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 it's you know if you abuse it, then it one, comes back to bite you. One of the main strats in Fortnite is that when you're running and somebody start is behind you shooting at them, it's just to start running back and start building walls in front of you, and then that way there is walls they have to break down, or it's they, exactly and that's what I'm saying. Left that, left, wall, and that would be wall. the way you do it. Now maybe you can place one wall, right? That, that's the thing though is that let's call it one wall. That, that, would, that would be the limitation. That, that would be within reason. That would kill the uniqueness of Fortnite though. Like that would fair enough, but so, I think that you you could still keep a building aspect and maybe not one, but you know I assume and again not played Fortnite uh, from everything I can tell you have to get materials to build right right okay so but uh, within reason if you're pretty good at collecting materials you can kind of just build relatively infinitely oh yeah if you, in, if in the you, moment if you spend like the first ten minutes of the game if not even that scavenging correctly scavenging, yeah if you just go start grinding out materials. You could have like 600 stone and 600 wood and have no issues. And then for the rest of the game, if somebody starts shooting at you, you have walls. Yeah. And it's, it's, it became an annoying thing. In Titanfall, the way that everything worked out so well within itself worked out really, really well. I think that a game without mechs, though, in a, in a uh, battle royale game where the maps are massive, mm-hmm. when you're chasing after somebody and they dart inside of a building, there's too many components on where they just went. And I think that it makes it for a... a an actually uh, just a, an unleveled playing field, and I don't say unleveled, unleveled in like the terms of skill. But I, don't know. I, I should say unlayered, like where it's. I like the predictability of like if I go into a building, there may be boxes in there or something they're hiding behind, but there's no way that if there's a rail in the middle, I know they got up to that rail that fast because it's like I know that they walked in and they ran that way. There's no way they can go across the warehouse or whatever they ran into up to the rail. But then in Titanfall, they may be able to run up the wall the second they run in or run across the wall and get on that rail. And, and that, I guess in my mind, I just consider that a risk versus reward situation. It works out to where it's, if, you, it's if you balance it, like I'm talking in, about, if you balance it just correctly and you don't let, if you have it to where there's, there's an incentive to use it because it's going to help you. But if you use it too much, it's going to come back to bite you. Uh, essentially, like if you rely on it too much, I think you're going to run out of, you know, I think then you're adding way too many components in for an already I mean, modeled maybe, game maybe. type. And that's a decent, that's a decent argument. I don't know. But I guess my biggest thing is like the one thing I noticed about Blackout is it's too many mechanically shallow to be repetitively fun for me right whereas i feel like if you added something like a layer of wall running and and gave the right you know if you took the right credence into making sure that you essentially were going to pull back when necessary a kingdom hearts has always done this right you have like a a revenge counter of some sorts where eventually if you're doing enough damage to somebody they'll be able to break your combo regardless yeah Uh, or if you overly rely on and this is in kingdom hearts too if you overly rely on the drive forms eventually you end up getting uh anti-sword drive form or whatever it was called um yeah, because, it's like negative, it, negative sore almost. Exactly, and it was a problem, right? It, and it, the game started doing that as a... If it noticed that you were going to drive too often, it upped your percentage of a chance of it turning into that drive. Uh, and yeah. that's what I like, is it's a risk versus reward thing. So doing it has a risk, 
uh, but it also has a reward if it works for you. Doing it too much has a risk, but also a reward. And you're constantly trying to push that boundary. And I think that's how you keep it fun and engaging for people when those games are kind of live and die on not too terribly many maps, not really a lot of game modes. The game mode is Battle Royale. So you're trying to find a way to make that repetitious gameplay as fun as possible for as long a period as possible. I honestly cannot imagine, and I mean, I guess the building helps for a little while, but I know people who literally just play Fortnite for over a year straight, and it blows my mind. Yeah, I don't see like that. I can't. I mean, I can't. And I think that it's a problem. It's a fundamental problem with just about every battle royale game. But they, the thing with the with the way they work is that you go in, you basically start a brand new game, and you do all this work, and then you die. And then you you only can get tired of that so many times. So what I like about Apex Legends is that they you revive. So yeah. Just because I die, I that's I a really step my progress. Yeah. But I don't have to wait into a line getting a new game. So how does that I'm, affect winning? What do you mean? If you can come back. Well, you're in a squad. So, like, no matter what, if you are dead, when your squad wins, you win. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out, though. I get that. But how does it work to that if you can revive? Because you can do squad play on Fortnite, I think. And I know you can yeah, do you it can. on Blackout. Uh, so, when you do squad play there, you just die, then your, squ- your squad is weaker. And it's the risk versus reward of being too crazy. Well, well, now, I like the idea. Don't get me wrong. I like the idea of reviving. But how does it play into deciding who wins? Is there a score system? Technically, it's weaker. No, it's it's whatever, whoever is the last person standing. So, like, you're not technically weaker depending on the like the variables because you could come across a squad with two people dead okay, and, and two people alive. Or you could come across one, one dead and three people alive. Or you could come across one, one alive and okay. three dead. All right. So, the way it works is that if I died and I failed to revive you, my other teammate, because the squad's at three. Sure. Um, if I won, all I'd have to do is kill the last person standing, and we win no matter what. Okay. So if you know, if if we got to the, the middle of the inner circle or whatever, then there's three people there. And I got a triple kill, wiped them all out clean with a grenade or something, and and I'm the last one that, that ends the game, and we won. Our squad won, even though y'all are dead. That makes sense. So it works out good. But what what have you been playing? Okay, uh, Kingdom Hearts three, obviously, and uh, pretty much only Kingdom Hearts three. Actually, I've not played anything else. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good. Game I to beat play. it on Saturday night, shortly after we recorded. Um, you I say, short, shortly. You say shortly. You probably it was two a.m. It was yeah. two a.m. But still, I was like, there is um, no way you beat it just an hour or two where you told yeah. me you were. Well, ahead. I was trying to think of when we recorded. For some reason, I thought it was later in the afternoon than usual. Regardless, I don't know when we recorded, <laughs> but I beat it that night uh, at 2 a.m. in the morning. I stayed up uh, Friday night, grinded through a lot of it. Then we recorded, and I stayed up again just to make sure I could get through it. Uh, and then after beating it, I've essentially been on the platinum grind. I've been rolling through. I did all the gummy ship stuff first because normally that's the part I hate, but I absolutely love the gummy ships in this game. It's, it's, um, it's okay. They're better than the old games. They, I, yeah, see, that's the I, I can see it being fine with saying they're okay because realistically, they they are eventually going to lose their luster. Obviously, to me, it's just a it's a glorified loading screen with some cool boss battles. I wouldn't say a glorified. I, I feel like that's what they used to be, but I now they're that's what the they reason are. I say now they're not is essentially because of the way. And this is covering one thing that we could have talked about in the impressions, but uh, just in case you've been on the fence because you never cared for gummy ships and you were kind of mad about the fact of being back in here, I feel like this is easily the best way they do it. You're essentially, oh, it is the best you're way essentially they've ever done in it. an open Don't world space area. Uh, battles you're happen because no you actually sky. see them. You can completely avoid the heartless. You can you land on to. planets and name them. <laughs> 
Oh, yep. Um, anyway, and then essentially you'll see all of the worlds that you can visit uh, in a system. It's like they're set up; they're se- separated by like galaxies or it's, whatever. It's, it's the um, same as it has been in, in two and three. Or in two no, three. because on those you would choose the place you wanted to go to, and then it would have a predetermined same route that you'd go to, and you couldn't do anything. And it the, was all on rails. The menu, the map menu. Well, yeah, but you, you don't have to do that because you can just embark into the area and fly around free ball. And I guess you didn't realize that. I mean, yeah, because you could select one of those systems. Or not a system, but a well, star. Yeah, all whatever. you just choose is where you want to start and embark all, from. And you never have to go anywhere. You don't even have to flag a planet. Oh, I thought you had to flag a star nope, or something. To you don't there. have to. All you got to do is just find a waypoint and you'll spawn but there. But even then, I, like it was fun, but it wasn't. I, I'd rather be doing other things in the game than that. No, sure. But it acts as a uh, essentially a pacing refresher. And to an extent, when you're you just did a bunch of fighting, you know what I mean, right? I, and that's what they've always been, in my opinion, and it's just an interesting way to move between worlds. Uh, but anyway, I did all that first, and then uh, I slowly moved uh, toward completing uh, all of the treasures and lucky emblems in every world that I didn't quite get. Uh, and then I've kind of been I've done like four of the seven fantastic seven missions, so I'm slowly working my way through it and enjoying it and. I'm going. I'm not just trying to platinum it for sure. By the time that any of these other games come out, definitely with me leaving out of town this weekend. Uh, but I'm trying to get as far as I can within reason and just general normal play. Uh, and then I'm going to kind of just slowly splice in doing trophy cleanup uh, once other games are out, like um, Metro stuff like that. So I've not played anything else. But uh, Saul, normally this would be your time to shine with the drop. But, yeah, but since we're recording on a... But there's not a drop. Yeah, Thursday instead of a Friday, there is no drop, so... So let's see, when's the... The 14th would be, what, next? So there's a there's a number of games releasing next Friday. Uh, Far Cry New Dawn, Metro Exodus. Games I'm not picking up at all. I mean, Metro Exodus is... I mean, it, I'm picking boy. up Metro Exodus, not, not next week. Uh, but I anyway... Gonna, I think I'm going to play Resident Evil first. Crackdown 3 is still on the 15th? Or did it move? I'm pretty sure it's still on the 15th, but we're a PlayStation podcast. Oh, I know, but I'm just thinking of any game coming out that day because there was a lot all at once. Uh, and then we have a little bit of time till Anthem. I think Anthem moved to the 22nd. Is that right? Or the 19th? 22nd. Okay, so a Friday release. Still. It never moved. It, that was the original day to go to. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought it was the 15th at first, too. No, that's when... Um, so many... It's like, it's like uh, if you have EA Access, that's when you could play it. Oh, okay. So I think, I'm pretty sure Xbox can play it that day, but we yeah. can't. Well, that may be changing. Um, we'll get into that when we're in the news. I hope uh, so. But Saul, since I stole your, or since, you know, I stole your ability to have your time to shine, do you want to feel it with anything or do you just want to move along? We'll move along into the news. <laughs> All right. So first thing up, PlayStation have been sending games media invitations to Days Gone protagonist Deacon's wedding uh, to his wife Sarah that we saw in the initial reveal trailer. I don't know if y'all remember the flashback scenes where it showed her riding on the motorcycle with him in what we can only presume to be before the outbreak, you know. Um, So this, the event is a YouTube invitation for a video that's going to be going on on February 13th, which is really interesting because it's the day before Valentine's Day. So it almost seems like they're going to set up like, you know, I, I almost wish it would have been on Valentine's Day and then the day after something crazy happened. But I'm wondering if they're going to do this, have their wedding go down on the 13th, and then on the 14th they're going to reveal a video that does some kind of setup as to why the world went screwed up as just a that lore buildup. Cool. Um, I won't watch it because I like it's a week before launch or whatever, and then when I eventually buy that game, I don't want to be like... I'm still trying to keep dry, like clean on all these Well, games. yeah, it's not a week before launch. I mean, it's just... Cause the game didn't come out until April. But you know, oh yeah, that's right. Because it was February twenty second. Yeah, it, it was. I yeah, keep and then it moved, that. Uh, which was probably a smart move. So anyway, uh, February thirteenth, uh, 
check it out whenever it comes around. Um, that'll be interesting to see. So looks like right now, what's weird about it, most of the people I've seen posting about it um, have been European. I have not seen a notable... Yeah. Um, I actually noticed that on Twitter the other day. It was, too, like, yeah. it was a lot on Twitter. I've not seen UK. a notable American... You know that, or North American. I would even say, you know, all right, day's gone effect. Well, now we said that on the podcast is going to happen the week, the day after the podcast airs. <laughs> Just like I said, there has been because no, Sony been listens no, to this podcast and waits. I said there's been no representation of Days Gone in a media forum in terms of advertisement, and then the next two or three days blew up. What Saul Twitter. doesn't realize is that somebody who you know who it was, you you know the kid that you thought grabbed your backpack and you punched him. <laughs> he works at Sony now, and he decided, you know what. Give me a job, dude. He's like, he's like, you know what? Saul has a Sony podcast. I said we were friends after that. Thing. Why'd you betray me? Uh, that was a that's just such a great story. Somebody grabbed my backpack. I turned around and punched him. That's Saul. That's a perfect example of why in this life you can never just assume that you understand what just happened. That's true. <laughs> For those of you who did not know what happened, uh, Saul punched somebody who grabbed his backpack and kind of pulled him back. But what happened is they were falling and they kind of reached their hand out and grabbed his backpack to try and catch themselves and ended up just pulling both of them down which still maybe he shouldn't have been grabbing your backpack but he was just he i told you that, that was me and john like we became good friends after that because i punched him square in the face off the flight of stairs that's so funny i was in fifth grade or sixth grade one of the it was fifth grade i'm pretty sure yeah it seems like ah, who knows man you know that male testosterone when you're young mm. so i know the school it was yeah anyway next up on the list uh capcom have recently stated that cult classic dragon's dogma could have a sequel, but the creator chose to make Devil May Cry 5 first. I mainly put this in there because I found that to be interesting. And in this day, Ryan oh, lashes out with a cry of emotion. <laughs> Ryan GT. I, I feel like I need to specify that now. Be, yeah, uh, we almost have to now. Um, that was an interesting thing because I saw that and I was like, you know how many people I know who have been like, I really wish they'd make a Dragon's Dogma 2, but... I, my thing is, I felt like Capcom were at least okay with giving it another situation because of the fact that they re, they released uh, the Dark Arisen again. So that seemed like, well, they're they're not uh, shying completely away from it unless they're trying to use this as a way to get as much money back from it as possible. But Ryan GT, as we will now start calling yeah, no, we'll, you. I say we'll, we'll say uh, Ryan on the both on Twitter. Ryan, we'll call Alpha Ryan. Or we'll call Ryan Alpha, and then we'll call Ryan GT just Ryan. Okay. So Ryan Alpha and Ryan. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, look at that. You get more Dragon's Dogma eventually, so you can uh, you have another game to splurge all over. Uh, next thing up on the list, speaking of Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry 5's demo that we talked about a little while back is out this week for people that right now. That's what I to, to do a second ago. try the game ahead of its release next month. So if you've been curious about how it plays or what's going on with Apparently it. Apparently it's as slow as molasses it and I'm not looking forward to it. That is interesting, man. people say that. I saw that. So Sean in our Discord, uh, Mr. Santarud, just so I can uh, specify, mentioned that he played it and that it was slow to him. And I, you know, I was oh, surprised. Oh, he did? Yeah. I've heard that from a lot of people, actually. Yeah, and I asked, that's odd. I was like, slower than Kingdom Hearts. And he goes, notably. So, or whatever. He said something similar along that. And I was really surprised. Because I guess in my mind, do you remember your time playing? Because we, we have to kind of do this off of, we don't count DMC since it was Ninja Theory. Even though I enjoyed the game. But more importantly, the last time we had a Capcom developed or uh, Devil May Cry was Devil May Cry 4, correct? All right, so I didn't play 4. So I don't understand. I you know I don't know how fast it was, but dude, Devil May Cry three was a speedy game. So in my oh, mind, no, dude, that's where all, it's supposed to be. They're all speedy. Like 
four was pretty speedy, a little slower than three, but pretty speedy. Okay. DMC was the speediest of them all to me. Yeah, no, D- dude, DMC was quick. So I, that's I, why I'm saying I, I don't want to count that because that's probably not fair to the franchise as a whole. Uh, but the Capcom development ones have always still had a nice, brisk pace to them. You know what I mean? Like when moment to moment action is up there, you know? So Yeah, and I'm just, I'm looking forward to playing it. So I'm going to try it out. I just downloaded the demo, so I'll probably play it tonight. I don't know when because I have to leave as soon as I get off work tomorrow. So I don't know what's going to happen. I may not. I mean, it's not like it's timed, so I may play it eventually uh, ahead of the release, but we'll yeah, see. I like the Resident Evil 2 one. I still got to <clears throat> buy that game. Oops. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> oh, Anyway, uh, this next one is something that Saul is just over the moon about. Uh, due to Shaggy memes circling the web, a petition was started to add Shaggy as a guest character in Mortal Kombat 11. That happened a little bit back, but we chose not to cover it initially. But uh, I figure, why not do it now? Because after some teasing, this is why I decided to include it. Ed Boon kind of just trolled and teased his way around it and did a lot of things. And people had art where they like superimposed him into the game and it the looked, drawings it and stuff. almost real. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Uh, and then there was also some requests for him to be added into Injustice 2, which is a little more sensible because the precedent for different characters to come in uh, into the Injustice world has already been set with the likes of... Oh, God. Uh, anyway, with the likes of the Ninja Turtles coming in yeah. and some other bonus characters that were in that game. Uh, and the other thing is that obviously WB owns both of the characters. So WB actually could let shaggy go into injustice as it's not bloody or gory uh it's possible and you know what the jury's not out on whether or not that's going to happen yet but we can confirm right now that the devs currently say that he will not be available as a guest character which is to no surprise i am i i would have a small interesting idea of like seeing shaggy as a character just in a game that's full of blood and guts and i'd want to almost see what ridiculously funny ideas they'd use to be his x-rays like he throws a Scooby snack on somebody and then Scooby comes and it would be crazy no. if they decided to get like super visceral with it. And like Scooby comes out and like throat bites somebody. You're like, Whoa, calm down. Um, that wouldn't be a, that wouldn't be an x-ray. That would be the, that would be fatality. the fatality. Yeah. Um, but you know, in general, even if you wanted to try and keep it a little more nice, have like Scooby come out and like tail whip somebody and break their shin bones or something. Hey, you, oh. you've been hit by Vash's tail, right? I've been, I've been right? hit by Dylan's tail, too. That, they all hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's not happening, and Saul is, uh, Saul's happy about it. I am. Shaggy memes are Chuck Norris memes 2.0. Changed my mind. Okay. Okay. Same thing. Okay. Let's I, make some OP comments about this character who's not OP. I'm smelling what you're stepping in, Saul. Yeah. I am. Okay, uh, PSVR owners who are looking to grab Beat Saber or have taken a break from the game, uh, the new update version 1.06 brings Expert Plus Mode, fixes the stats that they had some problems with, and some extra graphical options for users to find their comfort level. So it's a good time to jump in if you never jumped in or to jump back in case you were one who really loved it but took a little bit break off. I really want to try the game. I'm not giving my VR enough time since I've gotten my new TV, which has only been like three weeks, but still. Why would, you, um, why would that matter? You're, you're not going to use your new TV with it. Well, it's because my VR is like hidden behind it. and It's really kind of a hard thing. Oh, okay. I need to rearrange my setup because this TV is just so much bigger than what I had that I haven't done it yet because I'm just lazy. And mainly I'm not lazy. I'm waiting so I can move my computer here completely, and then I won't have a computer to contend with in my desk space right. there. That's kind of where I'm trying to balance it. Once my computer's gone from in there, I'm changing that whole setup. Do it all on Sunday. Oh, you got to get your desk in and stuff in here. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. 
So I'll get it done soon, and we'll kind of do that. Uh, but you know what? I've seen a lot, and with me going to the gym and stuff, why not have a couple of days where when, oh, look I, at this the, trad. the days I don't go to gyms to the gym, look, hey, I'm just trying to be more fit. I have a family. Uh, the days I don't go to the gym. <laughs> <And> I don't. <laughs> no, I don't, actually. I mean, I, technically I do, but. I mean, you're not married and you don't have a child. Yeah, there you go. I might be married in a month, though, boy. But you know what? I'm going to give you a little bit of credence because I'm sure that Evie would be sad if you died prematurely. I'd be sad if she died prematurely. Exactly. So, she you know what? little kitty baby. Yeah, you've got you've got a family. I'm sorry that I was so mean to you, Saul. You have a family. It's those muscles getting to you. It's okay. <laughs> Too much testosterone. The, the muscles are getting to my head. Got to get my got to go make it up with some tendies now. You know, I will do that for you. I will do that for you. Get some honey musty. Next thing honey up, Skybound. <laughs> oh my god. Skybound Games, the company finishing The Walking Dead's final season, announced that they will be bringing six classic PC role-playing games to console for the first time ever. So if you are a big fan or have been curious about trying Baldur's Gate 1, Baldur's Gate 2, Baldur's Gate Siege of Dragonspear, Icewind Dale, Neverwinter Nights, shout out, love that game, or Planescape Torment, you will be able to play those on console sometime this year. From last I checked, they have not gone into exactly what consoles it's going to be on. But the broad terminology, you can expect PS4, obviously. You can expect Xbox. The Outlier, I don't know if it's coming to Switch yet. Uh, I've seen conflicting reports. So I want it to because I'd probably buy these games on Switch. See, that's what... Diablo 3 plays so good on Switch. Here's the weird side of that. Those games, I get why they've never come to console before. And in my mind, I thought maybe they were coming to console uh, because of the fact that most of the consoles support PC and mouse plugins now. But are they coming to console because they finally found a way that they that they can handle the controls and nicely stuff? put it on controls? Yeah, probably so. I would assume. I would assume that at least the Switch would have the added benefit of touch controls to pick up where. Don't put touch controls in any Switch game, please. Stop it with the hold touch on, stuff. Hold on. The only reason I say that. And I feel like this is at least fair. The only reason I say that on these type of games, they were originally built and intended for a, for mouse inputs. It's very hard to mimic a mouse cursor input on a controller accurately. Uh, and that's why I end up hating them so much in games like Destiny when they make all their fucking menus, freaking menus. Um, did you say <laughs> F word? I did. I apologize. That's not normally what I try and do. Uh, anyway, look, they put all that tells you how much I hate these. I hated it in No Man's Sky as well. I do not want a cursor in my menu. Just let me scroll through it. I'm, you know, I don't get it. You're going to love Apex then. Uh, cursor. Uh, I hate it. But look, my point being, I don't even know. I've lost the force for the trees now. I just don't. I, I could see them adding touch controls to make up for essentially just tapping on certain areas where you originally would move a cursor to do these certain things. And that wouldn't be too invasive, I wouldn't think. And it may even make playing them on Switch, if it gets them with a touchscreen, better of an experience. I just experience. want touchscreens to drop out of gaming. I don't like them. I know you do. But you know what, Saul? I don't think you're going to get that anytime soon. Uh, probably not. Not at least with Nintendo. <laughs> Definitely when you think about the fact that phone gaming is still gaming and phones are uh, touchscreens. Well, that's true. But I'm talking about consoles and handhelds. Yeah, I knew. Uh, next up, EA have confirmed that Respawn, as we've been talking about, their Star Wars game is still on track for this year, as well as new Need for Speed and Plants vs. Zombies games. They also teased a Titanfall-related title that seemingly is coming this year, and they're using the word they use is a premiere. I don't understand it because thing. they said you would not see another Titanfall game. They never said that. 
They said that who? Well, who is they? EA, EA, or Respawn? EA. I swear, I just read a tweet. Maybe it was Respawn, but they're like, instead of Titanfall three, you're getting this right now. Instead, Titanfall three is done and canceled. So, what kind of Titanfall game are we gonna get? Is it set in another Titanfall? You know, I don't know if Titanfall three is canceled. I didn't see that, so I'm not gonna base anything off of that. But what they said, the way that they worded it, and from a lot of the reports I've seen, it looks like it may be another Titanfall universe spinoff. Which I'm not cool with. Titan, uh, Titanfall 3 canceled for Apex Legends. New Titanfall later this year. Huh. Then I don't know. So, re- but they're calling it a premier Titanfall, which means it most likely it's gonna it's not going to be free to play like Apex is. Uh-huh. Um, it's funny. <laughs> You're using Adblocker. No, thank you. WindowsCentral.com. Okay. Uh, anyway, look. When you think about it that way, Apex is free, so it's just going to be something that costs money, obviously. But if it's going to cost money, how much is it going to cost and what kind of expectation can we get out of it? What are they going to do in the Titanfall universe that's not going to be a shooter that wouldn't be just essentially worthy of being called Titanfall 3? Yeah, well, I think... And this they, comes off of... I remember they, when I first Titanfall saw this. Did not lead up to a possible third one? Nah. It pretty much ended it there. Yeah. They could have done self contained cool like stories. That. Yeah, they could have done a, a cool self contained story with the yeah. premise of mechs and stuff. Well, I mean, you have a broad universe to do it across. Why not? You know? Well, wouldn't that just make it Titanfall 3? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why not? I don't see what they could do in the universe outside. Apex Legends makes sense. Don't call that Titanfall 3. Yeah. Obviously. It's a, it's not even, it doesn't even have a story or anything. They and it's an entirely it, different type of multiplayer. They could have called it Titanfall Ascension. Yeah. No, it's too close to Towerfall. Ascension. That's, that that's a, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the joke. look, my, I don't know how they would handle that, but let's just, do you think there's any chance if we're going to run speculation wild that they try and do a story in the Titanfall universe that's not based around being a shooter in the first person shooter traditional sense, I hope not. but more in the vein of something like destiny or borderlands where you're rolling through and killing multiple enemies. Nope. I hope not. I, I mean, really I agree liked the formula of Titanfall too. Yeah, I agree. It was a really fun game and I've actually but contemplated I'm picking it up when it was on sale again. So I think the way Titanfall every- two is five ninety nine right now, bud. I'm gonna pick it up then because that's a fun game. Yeah, and I suggest everybody play it. And I, I don't know if it's five ninety nine digital, but I'm, I still I, need to play the campaign. I'm about to check right now. Do it. Okay, next thing up then, Disney have come out, and this is all kind of following the EA thread, uh, and spoken about their relationship with EA, saying that it has been great and that they are happy with how the license has been utilized for Star Wars under the company, uh, which You're is a liar. just it's funny, right? Because on a lies. we hear all this stuff about games getting canceled. The biggest controversy in gaming. I don't want to say that. That's, that's a little hyperbole. But a very big controversy in gaming surrounding uh, Battlefront 2. Um, and then we see all these cancellations moving on. We've seen less games out of them than I think anybody who saw this deal go through expected. Uh, we, th- we saw EA and you think they'll make a yearly Star Wars game. Why wouldn't they? It's EA. It's 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 like if Activision got it. Activision would have a yearly, if e- possible. Disney, even if you are if you are happy with EA doing what they're doing, your fans aren't. That's the biggest problem right that's now. That's a good point, um, th- and that's something that Disney needs to be mindful of as they do this. But you know what? Disney fell back on the fact that when they were trying to do self-publishing themselves and running through it, they never had success. So I guess when you compare it to that, this is still the the relationship here and the sales have still been good enough to warrant the fact that it's easier on them and they're not having to deal with it. I still don't believe that the Star Wars game is coming out this year either. The respawn one. Why do you think that? It's February. It's. it's I mean, well, there's no like. I. I it's, well, wouldn't that be one of EA's? Because look, this is the year that Battlefield takes a break. 
Technically, yeah. So, so see, wouldn't the it thing. be the year to do a, this it, type of game? It's very It'd be rare. the big Q3 game, Q4? It, it's very rare in the culture of gaming right now to have an E3, say, for example. Like, this game's coming out in three months in November or four months in November. I get your point, but just to add into it to, to see if it kind of counteracts the rest of where you're going with it, they did say that we're going to see the we're going to see the game very soon. That doesn't imply to me June. I think they're going to do a and Star Wars That's is a big enough like. thing that I could see them doing a some kind of a stream or event that's going to show the game off. So I would bet May May the fourth be with you on my birthday. <laughs> Streaming on my birthday. Reveal you know, I could actually see that, but. May is too close to June, in my opinion. I know. No, it is. But, but that would be cool. But it's all it's a whole 31 days away. Is that too close for some people? <laughs> See, that's what I don't like about the, terming, the, the terminology Very soon. I, know, I also I haven't that. had a new Star Wars game that's not a Battlefront game in, like, what? Since Force Unleashed 2? 2? 2011? 11. Yeah. So <sighs> I don't believe it when you say years, a game's coming this year, and I haven't seen proof. I haven't seen gameplay. I haven't seen pictures, well, concept I, art, nothing. I thought it was odd that they announced it. <clears throat> they titled it. They said it was coming this year, all last year. You know, all what I mean? last year. Well, we no, they didn't s- announce it last year. They announced it the year before that, no. but they did everything else last. year. They did year. everything at E3 this year, except the announcement. Yeah, the announcement happened for him. Right. We knew that they were making one. Right. So, uh, here, but yeah, here, they did so much. That's why I we can't haven't seen imagine... anything in eight months now since then about this game. We haven't seen concept art. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen a trailer. Here comes the triangle squared effect. Where next mo- or next week it's going to get revealed. We're going to look stupid, but we haven't seen <laughs> nothing about it yet. Yeah. So it's it's just one of those things. that's like if it's coming this year, I will be very surprised. Well, because one the, okay, one more thing that may happen. I don't think they're going to wait till May fourth. Though they very well could. I mean, yeah, I doubt, to I show doubt they off. Wait that long. Well, even then, I was going to say if they couple it alongside with the announcement of Episode Nine for Star Wars, they, they've already confirmed they started filming. Well, yeah, I know that, but I'm saying oh, the, like a trailer. trailer. Oh, okay. Like they did. Well, you, for, said, you said confirm. Okay, nine. yeah, you're right. Bad wording. Uh, but no, the, when they do the reveal for the trailer for episode nine, if they wait to do that on May 4th, which I think is when they did episode eight's trailer, uh, if they do it that way and couple it together, then maybe May 4th. But if it's, I don't know, very soon, it just seems like it'd be coming a lot sooner than that. So, so we're looking at a fall release date for uh, the fallen. Jedi Fallen Order. Exactly. I think it would, Fallen Jedi. It would be their Q3 release, essentially. It would take up the, the part that normally has Battlefield take up. You know what I mean? And I don't know what else. Because I guess they really, kind of they staggered their releases to an extent. You know, Need for Speed moved two year. Who was the publisher for Force Unleashed? LucasArts. Disney, originally. That's right. Yeah, that was... Uh, that was one of the self-published games. If they could make a yearly Star Wars, I'd say bi-yearly, honestly. Yeah, bi-yearly. Bi- yeah, 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 give it time to like get work on it. But um, well, and, and to not do what they did with the Star Wars movie, which is overcloud the market. We, we don't need that much Star Wars. If you start doing it with yeah, games and movies, it's going to be a problem. I still haven't seen Solo yet. Me either, and I don't want to. I kind of don't either. So next up, though, on the trail of EA, EA's recent fiscal report showed the company underperformed due partially, or at least in some part, due to Battlefield 5 sales falling below expectations and a drop in mobile gaming revenue, which is interesting because mobile gaming has been a pretty big pillar for EA for a while. Um, And actually, not necessarily involving with EA, though there is one more thing, Square Enix also faced weak results in their first nine months of their current fiscal year, which is different for Japan. Uh, They chalked the problems up to high development costs alongside underperforming mobile games. So that's also very similar to EA in the sense that it seems like mobile games may be on a downswing. Don't know. Or that free ones, because that's the other thing. Fortnite is now competing in the the mobile gaming space. Yeah, so it's it's like... 
every 10 year old that has an iPad is like, has Fortnite on the iPad. Pretty Where much. originally it would be, oh, well, you know, I'm going to play this. Dude, I saw a meme the other day of, like, I can't remember what the image of the meme was, but it was like when you're nine years old and you can't stand still for more than 20 minutes without doing a Fortnite dance. Dude, I was like, that's a funny looking meme. I saw it the other day. So I stand, a kid was standing there doing a Fortnite dance and at work. I was just like, I, I've seen it. Like, why? I'm trying to think if there was anything when I grew up, like what that was. Because okay. I know there was something. I just don't remember what Not it Not a is. game, but... No, I'm talking about like, like something you would do in public to reference something you liked when we were younger. I guess that, It's like, a little culturally different because I think social media really paints the way that we view how you're supposed to act in society. But I would say that there was a large group of people who would do... Dragon Ball Z, for us, was very So I guess big. like doing Kamehameha's? Kinda. Or fusion dances. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did that at school a couple times. <laughs> That's what I mean. Is it just like, you know, as much as I don't care for Fortnite, because I haven't played it. I mean, I don't even know anything about that. Also, game. you just compared Dragon Ball Z to Fortnite, so have fun. <laughs> no, dude. I mean that in terms of the cultural impact that it's had in the same time period of our lives. I don't think Fortnite has, has had any kind of, like, real impact. I mean, I'm sure, like, when you think about it, like, like people look, like people looked up to people in Dragon Ball Z and characters and got moral balances from stuff like Different that. Different type of impact, but same amount of impact, I think. It's a moral impact, I would say. Yeah. yeah. There's a very difference. There's a very big difference, but they're still both very impactful. And what they do is they impact the way that kids interact with each other. Because the thing about it is, when we were young, you know that you could pretty much go to any other kid definitely at the and time and just start saying and, just, um, and then they'll start and, doing it too and, and you know that they're going to know Here, exactly what thing. you're talking is about no matter who you are in the world you're not going to tell me that saying that isn't or or, or, or flossing from Fortnite the floss dance sure. is not as cool as uh, doing the Kamehameha Kamehameha will always be but that's that. but yeah but that's also painted by our nostalgia nope nope, nope. that's not an opinion that's fact I wrote it down. All right, so it's true. You're, you're, you're fact. Okay. Uh, last thing about EA, though, uh, I guess not fact. necessarily. During the conference call, EA CEO Andrew Wilson, and this ties back to what I was talking about with EA Access, uh, but they spoke about EA's plans in the year ahead to, quote, offer a subscription service on another major platform, end quote. Now, thing is, that's a pretty vague statement, but a lot of people have speculated that that is EA Access coming to PlayStation finally. I don't know what else it could be because what else would EA be able to do from a streaming service side other than Access? You know what I mean? Yeah. They're I, a single publisher. Access is essentially what you'd expect from a streaming service of them. Or not a streaming service, but you know what I mean. A, uh, a subscription service. Um, so to that end, I think that it's reasonable to say that it might be. But, you know, it. have you heard all these rumblings around? And it says this year, though. That's the interesting thing. But... Have you heard rumblings that Google has been wanting to enter the console market? Yeah, and honestly, it's one of those things that's like, you're probably not going to have a good first attempt, but I wouldn't be surprised by a good second and third attempts. Yeah, agreed. Uh, then again, they could, right? They could be the new PlayStation. for the, They could be the shake-up. Gaming doesn't need a shake-up right now in the same way. Well, but PlayStation was a big shake-up for the Nintendo Sega crowd. It needs a, it needs a handheld shake-up from Sony. I would agree with that. Or at least I would agree that I'd want that. I don't necessarily know business-wise it's going to happen or be smart, but, you know, I would like it. Um, so that's an interesting thing. If you've been looking for EA Access on the thing, maybe this is your moment. I can't say for sure. Uh, okay, next up, the Titanfall Universe Battle Royale game that was teased was revealed to be Apex Legends, as we have now talked about at length. The game impressively reached 10 million players in just three days. So the game is doing quite well. The game also promises crossplay down the road, 
Though progress in purchases will not carry over very similar to what we saw happen with Fortnite last year, um, which seems like it's probably again due to something to do with Sony's cross platform or cross play, um, but we don't know for sure. Okay, I thought I looked over at the monitor; it's real choppy. But um, yeah, I, it's crazy because I think the only thing that I've seen so far is that you also it's class based. By the way, it's not a class based in terms of like you have to play these classes to work together, but every class. Like, you just don't pick a random character and go in, or you're not like a random soldier. There are classes that yeah. have super abilities, but sure. they don't really correlate with each other from what I can see. Or they don't really synergize with you. I don't know why I'm trying to give that to you. Um, they don't really synergize with each other. From uh, what I can tell about this that makes any sense is that uh, skins. Like, that's the only thing I think would not transfer over, really. But I guess if you're buying them with real money, know, that I don't, matters. I, I, don't, I mean, obviously, it's free to play, so it's going to have some form of a microtransaction backing as its monetary state. So I wonder if this I, game I don't know will what ever you buy. somehow make it to the Switch. I doubt it due to the way it runs. Because even on PS4, my PS4 Pro was super sampling on. Uh, it has some drops and pop-ins, but that's kind of expected for a Battle Royale game at this point. Yeah, partially just due to server stressing more than anything. Even though I'll say as much crap as I talked about Fortnite, and even though I did have fun with it, that game never dropped a frame on me. Yeah, it's a game that I think they were smart in making sure that they didn't over-push anything. It's a yeah. good art style that looks good anyway, and it's something that probably isn't so physically demanding so that they can make sure that the server side runs well yeah. and just let it go. It, it ran um, flawlessly. But you know, speaking of server side things, one thing I had to give, and I've seen somebody else say this, but realistically, I agreed with it because I did not see a peep out of Twitter of anybody. This is a surprise release with no betas with nothing to, to server stress test. They had no clue how big it might be. And yet, far as I can tell, they've hit 10 million players in three days, and they did not have a single server problem I haven't seen, entire time. Yeah, I haven't seen anybody talking about it on Reddit or Twitter. That, More interesting that they're both EA, but Anthem had server problems for the beta. Oh, I guarantee they had way more than 10 million, though. I don't know. For the, for no, the VIP I beta? I mean, they were giving out codes like candy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> those, those weren't VIP codes. That was a... That was a I had to go. That, I'm just trying to think of what I'm going to say. Like it's locked behind a code that I go find on Twitter. Basically, like you didn't even have to do really work for that. Yeah, I walk down the street and you see a piece of paper floating by. And go, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, anthem code. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look, all I'm saying is impressive on their part, and maybe that actually spells good things for hopefully Anthem's actual release. Uh, definitely with the fact that they had a couple of betas under their you know belts to actually see how the server stretch would go. Um, but. Yeah. Next thing up, though, Shadow of the Tomb Raider's fourth DLC has been revealed to be titled The Price of Survival. That includes new gear with a new story chapter and, was released, and is releasing on February 12th. So I think that's what? Tuesday? Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. When Normal Tuesday good release. Um, next thing up, Kingdom Hearts 3 broke 5 million sales, and I feel like i got to say something about this in a second. Oh, I do too. I Across think physical thing. and digital sales, becoming the fastest selling in the franchise, and soon to edge out Kingdom Hearts 1 as the best selling game in the franchise, uh, which sits at 5.9 million copies. So it's very close. Uh, probably already done at this point. Uh, it was also on top of the downloaded game. Um, it was the top downloaded game from the PS Store for January. I said early on to keep to keep expectations in check because I'm going to say historically the the series has never sold that well. Uh, and one of our buddies Corey was saying that he thought it would go on to sell you know 20 million or something. I said, like, well, you really need to temper those temper that expectation. And he kind of started coming back down. But you know what? When we think about what Final Fantasy VII sold, uh, it sold what. 
8.1 million oh. by seven. So I, I mean, six something. Look, we're doing incredibly well coming up to those numbers. And realistically, I, all I'm, those people bought this game. Don't know what a Zaynord is. My thought, that was my thought process. It's their first game. Is that how many people, is this their first game? Or their well, first game back since two. No, I was going to say, or their their first game after buying the collection. But here's the interesting thing. The story it so could far. be that. could be that. But the bigger thing is there has to be people that are playing this game for the first time ever. Dude, I cannot imagine. Because well, think about say, this. The first game sold 5.9 million. So technically right now we're at a point where we're almost thinking. Number-wise speaking, there is the chance that every person who's played Kingdom Hearts 3 so far at least played the first game. I will say something. But... That, it does a good job of, of explaining things in the story as, as if along. you did not know it. It's good, it, it yeah. yeah, they did. Because there was even things that I forgot about, and I'm like, what are they talking about? And then somebody was like, what do you mean? I'm like, thank you. Because yeah. you just asked that. I'm asking that right now. I don't have to. And, and in a way that didn't feel intrusive. No, it felt really, it did it really well. Partially because some of them were like things that they were reteaching you because the character who was asking didn't know. So it made sense for them to ask. I think that's why they did that in Dream Drop. To, yeah. Well, yeah, don't no, want to say too much. I'm not going to say too much. Yeah, but yeah, I think that there, there's something that happens in Dream Drop that makes it convenient for you as the player when you're playing Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. So, so anyway, when all that stuff goes on. Something I actually completely, <clears throat> ironically, forgot about. When happened. you think about all that stuff, it's really hard to imagine in your mind that the people who are playing Kingdom Hearts 3 of this first 5 million, technically the, the second game didn't even sell 5 million. It, okay, I'm going to give everybody homework. I want you to go find a Let's Play person of somebody with a face cam and that is narrating their playthrough of the game who have never played a Kingdom Hearts game and they decided to pick Kingdom Hearts 3. I wonder if Angry Joe did it because he had apparently never played the series and was going to play and review Kingdom Hearts 3. He didn't never. He, that's right. He was the one that people didn't want reviewing the game. They, they were trying to backlash him. That was a very toxic side of the Kingdom Hearts fan base who were, and I, I get the, the worry, right? And I hate using the word toxic, but that is pretty bad when you're yelling and cussing at a guy for saying he's going to play a game. You know, it's like, this is what the guy does. He plays games. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense if he, he can't play every game that I ever made. But I will say that I do agree with, um, I will agree with what people say that about the reviews in sense, in some sense of the word or in yeah. some sense of the uh, state. So anyway, look, all I'm going to say is Corey, I know you're listening to this. I, I was a little bit wrong and you're swinging more towards the right side at that point. And I actually think this game does stand the possibility to outsell 15. My thing about why I thought 15 would still be the victor at that point was because as far as I was concerned, 15 acts as a standalone story, even if it doesn't do it. Well, I say that it really doesn't because it also requires an anime and some DLC and a movie and but more than anything it's still a it's still a more palatable story than all of Kingdom Hearts 3 but my worry was also that Kingdom Hearts 3 was having to tie up a lot of loose plot threads and I was worried that they were going to try and do that in a way that made sense to people who have played the series for a long time but didn't for other players and I feel like they did a great job like Saul said of doing it in a way that explained for new people while also being you know, respectful to people who played the series for a long time. So, you know what? Good on them. Fantastic job. Square and Nomura. Congratulations, Square Nomura, the team. You know, great. I'm glad to see it. Really, I'm glad to see it. As a huge Kingdom Hearts fan, I like to see, everybody likes to see things that they enjoy doing well. You like to see it come to a, uh, well, a good close. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a great close, really. I was going to say, yeah, great close, but never mind. I'm trying not too hard to say like stuff. I know. I know. 
A couple things left. Red Dead Redemption 2 was announced to have sold 23 million copies since launch. That is staggering, really. But also, I expected a little bit. Like, it's a number that's so massive that when you see it, you're like, no. But then you think about the game, it's like, okay, yeah. You know, you're following the best-selling game ever, essentially. Well, and and um, people were talking about that this will never be touched. I guarantee you this will be touched by Grand Theft Auto 6. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, to be fair, right now, this game is... Did it say whether it's outperforming 5 at the same point in its life cycle? I don't know. That's a good point. Because that's going to be the thing, is technically this game might just be touching Didn't Grand Theft Auto 5. did sell over 1 billion copies? No, I mean, it's something ridiculous. It's not, I don't think it's 1 billion. I think it sold over 100 million copies or 150. I can't remember. It's some ridiculous thing. I know it's the best-selling game ever at this point. Um, so that's a pretty interesting thing to see. Last thing on the list, though, then we'll move along. Oh, yeah, Assassin's, 1 billion. I just never realized what B. I thought, dude, 1 billion is crazy. Um, but 90 million. 90 million. Okay, so I thought it got close to 100 million. And that's, that's from April of last year. So it's probably, broke probably up by 10 now. more. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the last thing on this, though, is Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered comes March 29th and includes all DLC as well as Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation. That was the Vita title that they did. They ended up coming to PS3 and Xbox 360 as well in 2014. Um, so you get that as well mixed into that. The remaster runs in 4K and has HDR support for the mid-gen refresh console. So if you have a PS4 Pro or Xbox One X, you can see that in uh, 4K and HDR supported it at least on the PS4 all models. Um, but the game is free for season pass holders for Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but will be available separately, though no price currently is known. Um, though I'm imagining somewhere in the $30 range, very similar to what we got with Far Cry Classic. Yeah. But I don't know how much they ended up charging for Assassin's Creed. Um, I can't remember the name of the game, and I know it. The PS Vita one? No. Freedom? Um, Freedom? Call. No, it's... Oh, Lord. Come on. It was the one that came out at the same the same year... Uh, Rogue. It was the same. It came out the same year as uh, Black Flag. Uh, not Black Flag. It came out the same year as the one that ran like poop Unity um, for a lot of people. It, came, it Unity was PS4, Xbox One exclusive, and in the same year they had PS3, Xbox 360 exclusive Rogue. It's very odd that they chose to do it that way. They double dipped into Assassin's Creed, but um, I think Rogue. Uh, that's what I was trying to figure out. Where did Rogue end up when it was initially priced? How much was it? Forty, right? Thirty. 30. Yeah. So I think that that makes sense that this game would come back out at 30. You know? See, that's. I've lost so so much on those series. That oh, dude, me ridiculous. too. I, don't, I mean, I played Revelation. I mean, Revelations. I played Liberation uh, like, for Vita. More to support the Vita, but it did actually have a lot of ideas well, you in the game. Odyssey, that I too, technically. Yeah, but I mean, it's, Origins and Odyssey are two. They're, they're not the original series. I know, but that's what I was going to say is that's how different the series is now. It's mm-hmm. like you don't even really. Like when you hear Assassin's Creed, you don't even think of the older series anymore. No. You think of the new ones. Or I don't, but I wasn't I a long time fan, so I think that that makes sense. Um, but that's the last thing up on the list. Uh, saw anything, any thoughts on any of that, though, you didn't get out? Mm, nope, not, nope, 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 nope. Not for me. I just want to talk about Kingdom Hearts 3. So are you so sick that you think you're going to have a lot of confusing statements this year, this time around, like uh, Mark, I don't think I like Mark Cerny being the president of SI? I, I don't know where that came from. I was like, I was I, okay. I get those. I get him and Andrew House confused sometimes. That one's which, reasonable. Yeah, I, I don't get that problem, but I it's closer. Yeah, I get those two confused every now and then. But Andrew House also and is it, gone from the company, now, right? So. He, he left last year, didn't he? Yeah. Or like, no, he left 2017. 
Oh yeah, you're right. So because he, he, I think his last PSX was 2017. 2017. Yeah. yeah. So the last thing was that. Um, like that's that should tell you guys how bad I felt last week and how like Nyquil or Dayquiled up I was. Like I say that I only it's had okay, two, Saul. two we're Dayquil just, tablets. We're poking and prodding at you. Uh, but anyway, because of the fact that this is happening kind of early and we're recording this episode early, uh, we didn't know what topic we wanted to cover for sure. But I was looking through uh, and I saw this actually after we recorded last week and I thought it was an interesting thing and I. Ass off. He thought it would be fun to talk about, and uh, he, he thought so. Um, so I'm curious as to where we stand on both of this, because I think Saul and I, we know that we stand on different levels of physical versus digital. Yeah, so you think that like that would opposites. mean that Saul, as a digital fan, would be more embracing the side of technology that's going to go more and more away from a physical disc, which would mean that it would be reasonable, Saul, and... I'm not saying you do, but do you think it's reasonable for somebody to assume that if you like the idea of all digital, that you'd also be more willing to accept the idea of moving away from a physical console at all and well, just going towards streaming? I think it's two things, really. I like, mean, I do too, but as I'm saying, you're more, I think that if you're more okay with digital all, that you're, you are at least in a mindset that would be quicker to accept moving away from an actual physical station of a console. Well, but I'm not saying you do. If it was a flawless system, then yeah. Like if it, if it was something. If it was flawless ever. Everybody would be okay yeah. with it realistically. I mean, yeah, when you think about it, you don't have to leave your house to go get a game, like, well, which you technically already have to do. But I'm not going to say everybody, because what about people who can't afford internet? Those are going to be the people who are like, well, at least if I had the box well, otherwise. In the dystopian future in which there's no data caps with unlimited internet with 10 Wi-Fi million, in the trees. Yeah, megabits down. You can you can play these games. Obviously, I would, I would be all for it. But with the current way that internet is regulated and the internet service providers around here, it just it's not viable. Yeah. Um, there was this, and I, I brought it up before in the podcast. There was a Linus Tech Tips video, um, and there was a company, and I can't think of what they're called now, but they basically they have this. It's a PC, but it's a really small PC, and they have it to where uh, they basically said that if you you always been within like ten, like a thousand miles or something of the data center because they have so many data centers around. Yeah. And then if you hardwire it with an Ethernet cable instead of Wi-Fi, you're guaranteed less than a millisecond of response time for delays. Yeah. And if it was something like that, then absolutely I'd be for it. But it, nothing. Yeah, I remember you talking that. about that now. Yeah, the streaming thing that was. Yeah, it's a. It's basically a stream box, and it's the way it works is actually kind of cool because it's you don't buy this and. The way the spec sounds like a 16 gigabyte or 32 gigabyte sure. uh, system with like a 1080 Ti, mm-hmm. 11 gigabytes, uh, VR, VR RAM, VRAM, and the way it works out is it's like a... So that sounds like, from what you're saying, is it has a graphics card in it, a graphics processor. No, 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 no. I'm saying like you're streaming from a computer that, that has, has those, those things. Yeah. Okay, I've got you. That and makes more sense. I don't know if I'm going to be off on this video to, for, to reference it so people can go watch it because I highly recommend checking it out because it shows you what could very well be a thing. Well, we know it's Linus Tech Tips and we know it's a stream box. So yeah, uh, maybe search those and see if you can find it uh, if it's interesting to you. Um, but I will say that like if it was something like that, I'd be all for it. I wouldn't even have to worry about it. Uh, however, I don't think it's going to be like that next gen. And I think Sony is smart with going the route of not worrying about cloud. So we gaming. haven't moved into that yet, but that was just my opening into, I think it'd be interesting. I'm just going to go all the way. So now we're going to go. So essentially what is kind of spurring this conversation uh, is that Sony's CFO has recently talked about the fact that as far as Sony and he is, conf- uh, 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 you know, thinking that consoles won't be overtaken by cloud streaming anytime soon. Uh, and now, I find it odd that this is even a sentence. This I think this goes to show where me and Saul stand on this to an interesting extent. Uh, 
I find it odd that this sentence even needs to be said. It is. like Because who in their right mind honestly thinks that cloud streaming is going to be at a point to where it's so great that it literally outnumbers the amount of people who are going to want or have to, for some reason, get a physical set by, you know, a physical box that does all this processing locally um, for a number of reasons. You have enthusiasts, right? Enthusiasts like me and Saul to an extent. I think Saul's argument for, and this is tying back into to digital again, but I think one of the things I can understand about Saul uh, and uh, anybody who wants to do all digital in this generation, for sure, um, is that there literally is no difference to playing the playing the game from a disc or from the thing, uh, because either way, or from a, a download, because either way, you're playing the exact same setup, and even when you put the disc in, you're not playing from the disc. It just installs the game to your hard drive, and that's all you're doing. Right. So you're, you're, you're not even playing one from a disc and one from a hard drive. And even then you could argue that, well, the hard drive, if you have a higher speed, will run higher. And SSD. But now that all games install to your hard drive, any game, be it physical or digital, on an SSD will run better. So it doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah, loading screens and stuff like that are typically quicker and, and similar yeah. to that. It's, yeah. it's a more enjoyable experience. Because you're never running the game off the disc anymore. No. So the disc is just there to be a DRM check, and that's it. Uh, now, outside of that... That's a lot different than moving towards something that actually has a loss aspect to it like streaming does. Right. Uh, so you're playing a game that literally is no different than if you put the disc in anyway. Uh, it doesn't change anything. So going all digital, at least in the moment to moment of playing, we're not talking about in the, lo- the longevity of whether you keep those licenses long enough or not or whether the service persists uh, that lets you have those licenses. But more than anything, cloud streaming moves into a thing where even if they can get to a point where you're dealing with a low latency response time where you're actually getting a pretty great response time still doesn't change the fact that you're going to get streaming artifacts. Uh, you're going to have the occasional buffer that's going to hurt your quality. Uh, you may have some frame drops due to server. Data centers might go down. Yeah. There's a number of things that hurt that. And we're not far enough in it right now that I feel like it's such a weird statement that you even have to say that in the next five years, you can't see consoles being overtaken by streaming. Yeah, I now, think it's reliant too on like when you think about it, some like some countries I was reading a post on the PS4 subreddit, like I think it was two months ago about uh people going digital versus physical, and this is kind of off related, but somebody sure. was living in India and they just now got like good internet. And yeah. it's just like it's one of those things that's like it, it could work out really well for the United States in some areas, most areas, but it won't work out well in other countries. Yeah. And when you think about it like that that at that level, it's the same as digital versus physical. Um, where you could stream fine in the United States, you could download fine in the United States for most areas, yeah. and then there's countries that can't do streaming at all. So then you have this useless feature that's incorporated on your machine, and this is kind of like why, honestly, with what Xbox is doing, it's smart to go this route, but if you're going to do this, Streambox would be the perfect way to do it because it's something you could avoid if you don't need it. It's now, are you saying a separate box that's all that? So, like, you have the main console, which is the mainstay for enthusiasts and people who can't, who don't have good internet, right? And I would assume that they are still up to some streaming on that console. I would, like, unless there's just none. I mean, the option would would be there. Why wouldn't it? If right. Can, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because yeah, the, hard, the hardware can go ahead or, and run it. Or you could just get the console itself if you're only interested in streaming, and then just you mean that. the stream box, right? Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're and, a stream box. Now, I don't know what it's called. Right now, that is exactly what Microsoft is allegedly working on from everything we've seen. Uh, 
their idea moving forward, which makes sense. So if you don't know, Microsoft is working on a streaming solution that will let you stream Xbox One games to a phone has and that you can connect con- a controller to. And has this been confirmed? Us. What? That Xbox is working on the streaming solution. Yes. Okay. They've I, already shown off it have, running on Forza on a phone. Have they confirmed Xbox about the controller. Xbox itself, or is that still heavily I, I don't know that it's been confirmed, but it's been reported. Gotcha. Not even rumored. You know, essentially people who are behind the scenes are like, oh, well, we know. We don't know much else about it, but there's going to be a stream box. But... I think that logically it follows through that if you're working on a stream solution that would work on phones, you can also stand to make money from the hardware side by making a stream box that comes with an Xbox, excuse me, that comes with an Xbox controller that lets you play the game essentially as close to a console experience as you'd want. It goes to a TV instead of a phone, has a, a physical controller that's separate that can connect to the box without having to have a bracket like the phone one showed where the phone is in a bracket above the controller. Um, I think when you look at all those things, yeah, it would make the most logical sense for them to go ahead and then make a hardware box uh, that would be able to stream uh, to tie in with that service. Now, what I don't think would be smart, and obviously they're not doing, and that's why, again, I say this statement is so ridiculous to me, is that obviously nobody's saying that, I don't even think Xbox is really preparing for in the next five years for one to take over the other. I think what they're doing is they have a service that's going to make most sense for people who are going to be on phones and don't have time for consoles anyway, but can just pack away a controller or even people who want to put down a game, go travel like me this weekend, right? I want to keep trying to work on Kingdom Hearts 3 in my downtime. It would be If I could just pack a controller in, slap my phone on there, and then start playing the game. If you could reliably do something like that, like what Remote Play was trying to do, where yeah. as long as your uh, PS4 is, is in sleep mode and is connected to your Wi-Fi, yeah. it would be amazing. And I wish we lived in a future that that would actually work. Yeah. Because streaming gaming, or stream games, in my opinion, is <clears throat> not going to be the facet it's going to be the, one of the best accessories slash the best exactly. perks. It, it, it's it's complementary to the main experience, right? Uh, which is a little weird because, like we say, we're relatively enthusiasts. You're a little less than me, I think, in the fact that you're not as quick to jump on the 4K HDR bandwagon I, as yeah, I was. Like I, I'm still on 1080p and I'm fine. But you still have a PS4 Pro, so obviously you kind of just play in this game of you're still – acting as an enthusiast but not necessarily top tier enthusiast which even technically I'm not you know I just got an OLED there's people who have had them for years well it depends um, on what you mean by enthusiast and how people define enthusiast essentially what I mean by enthusiast is the same as movies where you want like you know if you like movies and you want the best possible Blu-ray player you want the highest quality of the of the thing you can get so in this case UHD Blu-ray with a 4K TV that gives you the best thing so you're willing to spend $5,000 on a TV setup because Excuse you're me. an enthusiast. Well, uh, so would, in gaming, when you're an enthusiast on a console level, because PC is a whole say, other ballgame. I technically game. I spent $1,400 to buy or to build a yes. gaming PC. So, so PC is a whole other ballgame. And even then, it's, it's, you're not even at enthusiast levels on PC, really. Oh, no, I am. I'm just, there's higher tiers than me. There's $10,000 yeah, PCs. Because me you and you build. have very similarly priced PCs. Speaking of PCs, to rebring back this back up, the, what I was talking about earlier with the stream box that you could buy for PC is as a, as a service called Shadow. And I did not actually pay attention to this as a whole, but you basically per month you pay thirty five bucks, and they you you basically lease this box. But it is a full dedicated PC, the size of like it's smaller than a PS four. Okay, and it has twelve gigs of DDR four RAM, two hundred fifty six gigabyte storage, which sounds like that's not a lot. But then when you guys are streaming everything, yeah, this is a full Windows PC by the way. This yeah. is not like a weird hybrid, and it has a uh, NVIDIA GTX ten eighty. 
So for thirty five bucks a month, if you ever wanted to play, um, see that sounds like it's doing a weird mix, and this is going back and it's stuff a cool mix though. Get, when you think about a weird it. mix of doing some local processing and some server based processing. I mean, I'm sure it does something like I. I I, you could go watch the lightest tech tips because they actually they do millisecond meter testing where they actually have a, yeah. a, a millisecond. Uh, I don't know what that tool is called, but uh, a, a reaction meter, I guess. But they actually test out the milliseconds and it's a, it's one millisecond, so it's pretty crazy. And they full go on full there. If Sony could start opening up data centers around the United States and like places like Dallas, this one close to us, yeah, uh, you'd have places in like San Francisco or anywhere. Like there's a million places in California. You you'd pretty much one. have to be like. It, Let's just say Texas is pretty big. You'd want one like Dallas and Houston. I would say, well, I was going to say, the way I would think about it, the way the data centers work, is that uh, the Dallas one should cover Houston, in my opinion. You'd want to go more north. Well, yeah, but at that point, you're dealing with how many people are on that one data center, and Texas is very dense. I guess that is true. Texas uh, is very, So, like, very you know, dense. you could say Arkansas could all pro- probably yeah, be little like, off of Little, little Rock, Rock or, or Fayetteville. Fayetteville. Yeah, it'd be perfectly fine. And then you can get like three, I'd say, in, in Texas. But if they did something like like that, it was smart, where there was no millisecond or a very low latency where you wouldn't even recognize it uh, as a thing, that is one of the uh, perks and benefits. I would say, yeah, absolutely, I'm ready for it. Just but that now alone, you're still saying as a extra, right? Not as your only, as but a, as something that you as would you'd extra. be willing to pay for yes. as a bonus feature. because yeah, I'm not even down for PS Now, and you can now download select titles on PS Now, right? Mm-hmm. Or all PS4 titles, technically. Yes, all PS4 titles. Yeah. Or I say that. I'm fairly positive. I'm pretty I, sure all Sony all... ones for sure. Uh, I think That's the rest right. of it's probably publisher based, but I don't know why they the, wouldn't. The titles on PS Now aren't worth the, the 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 okay. The cost for PS Now is ridiculous. They need to lower that or or make it cheaper for PS Plus members when they since they cycled out Vita and PS3. Mm-hmm. Still kind of irritated. They're not really making up for that. They're well, really we don't know anything. Yet. You know, we we, we don't yeah. know how long it's going to be, but we'll see. Well, technically, it's in like four if weeks. It's, if it's just the quality of the game going up, then it might be worth it. You know. Because we did get 100 gigs of cloud storage. That's, I mean, that's something. That, no, that is a lot, actually. Yeah, that's uh, that, 10 times the amount of storage. I would think, though, that with the way that service works is we'd get something a little extra, whether it's a, v, a new VR game and we or, might. like, and discounts. And they just they're not ready to will it out yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got four weeks, so I hope we see something. But, yeah, I think that is an accessory slash add-on. And when I say accessory, I mean an accessory to the console. I don't mean, like, a, like a handheld accessory or anything like that. I think that that is the smartest way to do cloud gaming, and I don't think it's ready to start doing that yet. Because it's almost like VR, where you have to capture VR in the proper time and technology to be able to utilize it and build upon it, yeah. because it'll be seen as a gimmick otherwise. Yeah. And that's kind of what streaming is. And that right already now. is happening right now. I mean, VR is honestly more palatable as an actual market than it's ever been, but there's still those people that consider it to be gimmicky. I don't consider it to be gimmicky, but I consider it to be one of the most niche... Uh, genres that, of gaming that is a very reasonable stance on that as far as i'm concerned because i don't think it's fair to call it a gimmick and i even though i get why some people think so you know one of Corey's arguments in terms of your question last week that you asked would you prefer vr if it came down to I for some poll, odd reason by the way yeah good uh, but if it came down to for some odd reason only one or the other could go in because uh, obviously sony if they were being smart and, and us as consumers we would all want both you know what I mean? Uh, but if it came down to Sony saying, well, you know what? We're either going to do VR or we're going to do backwards compatibility for some weird ultimatum reason. Um, which one would you prefer? One of Corey's main arguments is that he just considers the VR to be gimmicky. And I don't agree with that. But his, it seemed like his main reason behind it is that a lot of the games are not even full-on games. They're experiences. That was definitely more true towards the start of PSVR and VR in general. That's lessened over time. Right. Uh, and more full-on games do exist. 
Um, it's like, I, I would say, honestly, like, if you are a fan of rhythm games, Beat Saber alone is worth buying a VR4. Yeah. Um, and even then, Beat Saber, honestly, is is really kind of a proof of concept of what you can really do. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying a lot of those experiences for VR, and I know we're kind of getting off the cloud thing, but it's just going back into the idea of a gimmick, and I'm, I'm with you. But a lot of those VR uh, experiences are really developers who are indie de- uh, indie developers, or they have, you know, they, their the general rule is, well, we're going to see what we can do in this technology. This will be our first foray into this technology. We'll understand it, and we'll see how much of a market is there so we can see how viable it would be for us to bring a full-on experience to this market yeah. and not spend a ton of money investing into something that may flop. Um, and I think at that sense, then it makes sense to do that. But you're, you're right. The same thing has to happen. You can't push it too hard until the technology's there. It's almost like what Microsoft did with AR. We haven't seen anything about that. And, and they, we, and they were announcing like, that 2012. 12. Yeah. We haven't seen, we've seen one thing about that recently, like where I think it was the, the table demonstration they did like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Three years ago. Yeah, with, like Mi- with, with Minecraft. Yeah. So um, when you think about and it. And we don't even know if that was real. That's the problem. You know, we're seeing that through a video. Yeah, we don't know how real could, that was. It could be. What was it that. Could have uh, been CGI, you know. I was going to say, what was it that Peter Molyneux did that ended up being fake? Milo. Oh, Milo on the on the Connect. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. ended up being 100% scripted. Yep. Every single thing about that game was scripted. So. Yep. But yeah, I will say that like as far as streaming goes, once I, I think that you'll see it within the next year in terms of internet regulation and the way that we'll be that we'll see how internet and streaming will work with data caps and the FCC and all this stuff that's transpiring as of like 2014 or 15 actually. But I think that we'll see here in the next year or so ramifications of that, and I think that you will ev- be even more prepared to see the results of what it would be in gaming with that. So I think that right now it's, 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 and you'll, you'll be me. able to talk more on it from a knowledgeable standpoint at that point. I mean, well, it's not even knowledgeable. It's that my opinion makes way is that because well, right sure, now, that's what I mean. Yeah. Cause right now you just, we, we haven't experienced it. All we have is, no, I mean, you can experience it if you want it. Yeah. I mean, don't be wrong. You can experience PS now, Right now, yeah, it's, it's, and it's, it's PS now much... is essentially streamed gaming. Yeah, uh, now it's not streamed gaming with the amount of response time that we're talking about, and that's oh, what yeah. Microsoft is saying that they've cracked. If they now, that doesn't mean that... that Sony's gotten a lot better. I do know from people who've played PS now a decent bit that the it's not near as bad as it was when the service first launched in 2013. Do you know why though? I mean, well, realistically, why? Because I know Sony's improving their servers, but also internet around them are improving too. Yeah, of course. Um, I think if you kind of do that as both ways, and I think that the technology is being more refined. Uh, but, you know, moving into the PlayStation Now thing about this, what's interesting is that obviously we're in agreement about the fact that we're not, we're not ready for this to happen. We're not ready for this to take over. And that this is a reasonable, this is an obvious statement as in my a, mind. As an accessory or... So a, obvious that I'm surprised that it's a report, like that this is considered journalism at this point. You know <laughs> Brett, what I mean? Brett with the fire, what's going on here? Well, no, I don't even mean for them. It's because realistically, it is journalism only because of the way that we are, for some reason, trying to view, partially because of the way Microsoft talks about streaming. We're trying to view streaming as this no way to stop it. It's coming and very, very soon. And I don't agree that it's at that level. And I don't see how anybody would. We don't even have the actual Microsoft product out. If Microsoft released it and said, we're very close to making it even better to the point where it's just going to be so crazy, then yeah, maybe you're a step closer. But right now, we're not there. We're, we're just at a point where we're saying, oh, well, all we can do right now is show you what we have and then slowly iterate on that while we do a better job at working on it. But... What is it that an image of? I don't know. Okay. Yoko Taro tweeted that out and it's on a switch screen. 
So I was like, is that near one that I'm just like, that he's like, I'm playing this. No, on that's not near one. Okay. That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, going into where I was talking about with PlayStation Now, uh, essentially, my idea behind this. Great translation, Microsoft. <laughs> is, uh, I guess it's Twitter's translation, right? Stop being so distracted, Saul. You're I'm not being distracted. Me. I'm listening. You're distracting me because like I'm, I'm over here to... looking at you, trying to trying to look my eyes in your eyes, trying to peer into the windows of your soul. Um, look, with, with PlayStation Now, what's interesting about this is that this all, like I said, seems to be stemming from Microsoft and what they're talking about on the side of where they're at from a streaming perspective. Now, the upside about this is that currently Microsoft has no streaming anything available, but Sony has had since 2013 a streaming service that they have been pulling and pushing on as the market gets more and more viable. Right. And they're finding ways to do it. Just like right now they're dealing with making the, the service as a standalone, as a service as a whole, not necessarily streaming side, more competitive by letting you download the PS4 games. But also the fact that when you're dealing with the PS3 side, they've, they've been slowly working on making that response time better and better and better. If it got so, down to like one or two milliseconds at most, sure. I, I'd, I'd so be missed. Essentially but. what I keep thinking is that Sony is playing the smart game and saying that we're not really putting any real bets. You know, we're not, we're not putting any horses into that ring or anything. We're not putting those shoes in the closet, but r- all they're essentially doing is playing this waiting game where they get to wait, see how well Microsoft's actually is working a, B, how well the market receives it as an idea, and then how much Microsoft actually pushes it into their next-gen plan. From all three of those things, Sony can easily and clearly decide to push. You have no clue whether Sony's been doing a ton of R&D to make sure that their console would be ready to announce at the flip of a switch. You know, we also have streaming that we've been working on. And bam, here we are. PS5 will have this ability to stream. You'll be able to do it with this. Yeah. And these devices. And if, if done correctly, it's a strong, strong uh, feature. Yeah. But I just don't know if but it I will feel be done like they're not, by next generation. They're not even talking about it in that way because they're waiting to see how viable it becomes when their competition does it. Right? Play the smart game. Why? I say play the smart game. There's a double side of this, right? Partially, first to market can normally do really well. Uh, part of that you see, at least on the console side, um, as far as consoles go, go, and even partially from a release window, PSVR is the first VR on consoles, and they're doing incredibly great things. Not only obviously ruling as the only console VR, they're ruling the console VR market, but they're also ruling literally the entire VR market by massive a number. Yeah. So when you think about that, there are benefits to being first to market. So if Sony is playing this waiting game, it may be better if they've already got these plans to just push forward. But the it goes into the idea, the thought process behind where Sony is as and what PlayStation is as a feature and what their marketing message has been for console versus what Microsoft's been. Microsoft's message this whole time has been diversify, get off of one platform, have us on multiple, have us on an Xbox, have us on a a PC, have us on a phone now. And then from what they're talking about with this information about Switch getting more Xbox Live interplay, it sounds like Microsoft might even be doing what we've been saying where they move completely away from being a traditional first party console manufacturer where they have a, their console and their games. Now all their games are going to start to be this Xbox is just a platform if, that also happens to have a hardware iteration in case you prefer their take on hardware. If Halo very very Google like if Halo Infinite 
ever is playable on PS5, I will probably hug. Who? Oh, well, Phil Spencer? Well, Phil Spencer. The, I, I was like, why, why am I trying to think of like Randy? And I'm like, no, not Randy. <laughs> Randy uh, Pitchford. No, definitely not him. But yeah. If, I said uh, that with a little bit of a Texas twang on purpose. So, Yeah, well, he's not doing too good nowadays, I don't think. But I would hug Phil Spencer so hard. Like, Look, dude, you made my dream come true. I could play. The reason I bought an Xbox, original Xbox, and the reason why I like sold my PS2, now I can play it on that system so it all works out really well yeah see and that that's what's funny right is that from everything that we were able to see of the two sony is trying to remain a platform holder where not only do they control they're a all around uh we we control hardware software and everything and we're a controlled experience right we may we may give a little bit on that as we're letting pc players play some places and games but this is a small dip in the market and, and we're waiting the games you know Microsoft is pushing for day one Sea of Thieves to be available on PC and Xbox. The only, the only Whereas Sony's saying, well, we'll add The Last of Us, because everybody's played it now anyway, to PC on PlayStation I, Now. You know, So if you want to play it and you just haven't, now you have it. But the, they're waiting. They're putting time between that. The only thing I could see as being a potential problem with this partnership between Microsoft and Nintendo and phones and stuff, and maybe even potentially coming to PlayStation in some form, sure. is that like they're, they're effectively going to take themselves out of the market as, a, as, as one of the big three. Because there would be more of a as a hardware competitor. Yeah, yeah. What what if Sony ever missteps? There's less of a there's less of a counter force to want to correct them. Right, which yeah. is what I'm worried about. Yeah, is I, that I there is no saying. competition there. So if they misstep, what are you going to say? Like I'm going to go to Switch because that's a totally different market. So yeah. like you, you can't go like you could technically go to Xbox. But Microsoft. Like, what are you going to do there? Microsoft has been the Sega. Yeah, literally. That's, well, they, they it's play becoming. The same I role. wouldn't say has been, but it's becoming. Well, I, I don't mean that in the sense of this, that sounds bad. Sega in their prime is what Microsoft is acting as for the PlayStation as a whole, right? Uh, when you think about it this way, Nintendo was first to market. Sega came out later in the market, more powerful, bragged about their power, Didn't the and then eventually Xbox? ended up doing really well until they eventually ended up falling back to succumbing again. You know what I mean? Original Xbox launched before PS2, did it? No, the original con- the Xbox launched a year after PS2 and was more that's powerful. That's right, and then the PS3 launched a year after the 360 did. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, I, I got, that's what I got mixed up. So when you think about it in that sense, yeah, Microsoft is acting the role of what Sega did to Nintendo early on, which was, we're coming out. Now, they've lasted far longer, uh, but their role has been very similar. Sega came out and said, well, hey, we're more powerful than Nintendo. We're a very different idea, but we're also have a lot of the same games and a lot of the same ideas, but we're just marketing in a different way and we're, we're focusing more on power, whereas Nintendo started kind of playing a different route and being like, well, you know what? We can't say that we're, more, we're the most powerful anymore because Sega was quickly iterating. Right. Uh, anyway, that happened, right? And then eventually Sega kind of, stepped on Nintendo for a little bit before Nintendo ended up coming over and just rolling over them again anyway while Sega continued to step on their own toes. We saw a similar thing happen this time around. PlayStation came out first in this setup. Microsoft came out a little bit later and said, hey, we have a console. The first one didn't really do, just like Sega, the first one didn't really act as strong competition, but the second iteration did. Did, yeah. And then what happened with the third iteration, very similar to what happened with Sega, they started stepping on their own feet. Uh, and we're seeing that same thing happen, but the upside is is that Nintendo always had Sega for at first as that ba- that counterbalance against them. Then when we, then PlayStation came into the fold and there was three, but then quickly Sega faded out. Then it was Sega and Nintendo. Yeah. And then very quickly Sega, Nintendo, and Microsoft. And then Nintendo kind of folded off into their own market. Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, but it, Sony. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. But uh, Sega, obviously gone. 
Nintendo, once it started trying to compete with the GameCube, it just realized it wasn't able to compete in the same way. They started embracing their weird side and became their own market, which is actually smart because there's no competition in yeah, that market. it's not. And, like, and that's why it's funny that the Wii U failed because it's literally, your, your only competition was realistically yourself. Yeah. And you were, your 3DS was out doing your Wii U. Um, I think the Wii U was too far ahead of its time. Yeah, okay. A, a, okay. Like a, like a hybrid console that's technically all in your hands. I don't think, uh, Maybe. Very similar to the way people it's, look back on the Dreamcast. Well, like if Sony came out next year with a PS5 accessory that is essentially a DualShock 4 with a major screen in the middle. Yeah, but it plays, it plays a second screen, and then it's not like a Switch, but it, it's a supplemental second screen. But then you can switch it if you need to to handheld mode, and then go to the bathroom. That'd be amazing. <laughs> you can't deny the fact that Wii U was cool hardware. I mean, we already essentially saw that, right? I mean, that was what the Vita was. They could have done that with the PS4. They just didn't. It's they not cho- that they chose it's to not do that it with the Vita. seamless with the Vita, though. The Vita That's is true. its own separate system. That's I'm talking true. about more so of a controller. Which, even then, I'd prefer a separate system. But, yeah, I think that that's the interesting side about this. Like I'm saying, Sony is trying to remain a all-inclusive business. And the, bit, the worry there, like you say, is that if Microsoft removes themselves from the hardware business, who plays as the counterbalance? Right. I don't know because, like we say, what is Google entering the market? I hope not. Is any <laughs> is anybody else entering the market? You know, I mean, a- Apple. There's rumors about Apple. Is Epic in. entering the market? Is that the whole point are, of making this Epic Game Store? Are they going to eventually move? Steam tried. Steam tried to do the Steam Box, but yeah, it didn't work. Failed yeah, terribly. Didn't it was work powered at all. by Alienware, and I don't mean that like. Well, there were multiples, but Alienware was the notable. The one. notable yeah. one, yeah. It was like six hundred dollars. I don't remember the price, but it was not. It was six hundred dollars for a mid-range PC that was the size of that you could have built for yourself for three fifty. Yeah, you, it was probably the size Which of an normal, Xbox One if you cut it in half. An Xbox One S, I'm sorry, if you cut it in half, it was pretty small, but it wasn't worth it. But anyways, for the sake of brevity, let's end this because we've been kind of talking in circles for a little while with Sega. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, sure. But I think we got the point across. Um, do you guys want to see streaming uh, in terms of cloud gaming? Do you want to see that become a thing for PS Five? Since it doesn't or we may be getting it, uh, what are your thoughts on that? And uh, what do you think about the future going forward with streaming and gaming uh, from the cloud? So uh, let us know in the comments below, our Twitter, our Discord, and of course, on our Facebook group, Triangle Squared, a Play Nation podcast. What? Hold on. I got it. Okay. You're good. Um, we can we can end. Uh, okay. Was... He had to pull up his Patreon thing. If he wouldn't have said anything, I would have kept going. It would have been more fluid. But uh, we thank you all for joining. This I forgot episode. to add him on the black on screen. I, it'll be fine. So, I'm still going to do this. I'm going to, as soon as we get done recording, I'm going to edit that, uh, that picture to show those names. Y'all listen. But I'm going to at least say them out loud. Y'all listen to the uh, the beautiful voice of Brett with the Patreon. And thank you all for being Patreon subscribers. So <laughs> I'll let Brett take that away. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thanks to our patrons, Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Mikey12, My Name is Dan, Douglas Below, Sean Santarude, Shadowist, Steven Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Swanland, and Eric McAllister. Thank you all so much for your support of us and the show. It means a lot to us. If you would like to support this show and you find value in it, go to our Patreon. It is patreon.com slash nartech uh, and consider supporting us we love you all thank you so much dude i love mccallisters <laughs>